Hey guys, Nick here. Welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. Sorry we didn't get up a video version of the episodes for anyone who normally watches uh, the Physiology Secrets Podcast on YouTube or Facebook or through the Mets Mastermind Facebook group. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get a video up. We were supposed to get an episode done with a guest today. Unfortunately, I had to reschedule till next week. So what I'm going to do in this episode is respond to a couple of questions that we had sent through from one of our listeners, Scott. Just in regards to some of the podcasts we, we've been talking about in the last little while, in particular, the one I did the other week uh, with our Mets membership client, Brent, talking about his situation and, and answering some, some of the questions he had around his own training and, and performance, given the current climate at the moment. So I'm going to roll through these. I'm going to try and keep it as, as short as we can to hopefully less than 10 minutes, but we'll see how we go. So first question uh, from Scott here, just reading it out. I'd say most Ironman athletes are swimming approximately three days a week, biking three days a week, and running three to four days a week now. But with most races being cancelled, postponed, and and typically about six months away, and for most, no swimming available, how would you look to restructure a week? Uh, And he's left a side note. uh, For simplicity, let's keep S&C and mobility out of it. So really, Scott, I wouldn't be changing too much um, to the schedule I'd probably still keep three three bike days a week and three to four runs a week if that's what you're typically used to. Obviously, swimming's going to be dropped out of the equation, so we're we're a little bit freer for time. But you might be using that time for strength conditioning or mobility sessions or something else, doing some something a little bit different. So I wouldn't be necessarily changing the structure too much. The only reason I would change it is if you're going to go for a particular a different particular goal. So. We spoke about with all the, the Ironman virtual racing uh, that's going on at the moment, Zwift racing, uh, if you've got a time trial goal on Zwift or you want to climb up to, up to Zwift as fast as you can and, and beat your previous time, increasing FTP, maybe a 5K run on your own around a track, whatever your, your new goal might be outside of your typical training or what you were planning to planning to train for, whether that be a long course triathlon or a marathon, etc. Um, the only time I'd really change the structure of what, types and how many sessions you're doing a week is if you were shifting focus so obviously you want to spend a bit more time on the bike than the run if you are heading towards a more cycling oriented goal if you're heading to more uh, a running based goal maybe you shift your focus towards that that direction and just keep the bike ticking along so there's no right or wrong either way like i mean you can increase the number of sessions on the bike and run you're doing above what you already are but keep in mind that that might manipulate your training load significantly given typically for most triathletes the swimming component three swims a week yeah you might be swimming three times a week but if you go and do a substitute session on the bike it might look very different you might actually be accumulating more hours on the bike than you would actually swimming or or more more from a training load perspective or fatigue perspective so keep that in mind when you are doing it for the most part i'd probably keep it the same and not not worry about changing it up too much from that aspect because routine is quite good looking long term we want to be able to slot straight back into the, the program overall bring swimming back in if we've kept it consistent with bike and run it should be a lot easier and smoother to bring swimming back in once it's once it's ready to go and we can get back into the pool second question here and i'm actually going to tie it into question three as well so question um question two with the bike and run sessions how would you be structuring them for example one vo2 session per week for the bike or both uh, is the rest mainly focused on aerobic zone two training uh, and given the above changes, would you suggest someone training approximately 15 hours a week to drop the volume uh, and bump up the intensity or, or not change? Re- really simply looking at this one, as, as Luke uh, and we mentioned in the episode where we've got 
uh, if you go back and look at, uh, listen to the episode talking about the shift in the Olympics, rescheduling races and things like that, we obviously want to keep some high intensity in. So I definitely would be structuring the week. Let's say if you've got three bike sessions in the week and three run sessions, that's all you're doing. At least one bike and one run in the week would have some sort of high intensity component. Maybe you might do an, an extra extra session. So you might do two high intensity bikes and one high intensity run spread out throughout the week, obviously, or um, or, or just one of each. We need some sort of high intensity to maintain the aerobic power quality, so that that upper end of our physiology, the keeping the engine size and the engine running as as best we can. But then doing some zone two in the other areas is going to be fine for maintaining that sort of just base base aerobic fitness. From a training volume perspective, obviously, if we take the swim out, you're probably not going to be training approximately 50, 15 hours a week as you normally would. Take the swim out, you've probably lost a couple of hours there. You might be adding in some strength conditioning or mobility into that to fill up that time, so that might be okay. thing we do have to keep in mind, and this is almost external to training, is the, the stress factors external to our physical stress. And what I mean by this is, given the, given the nature of the current climate at the moment, with most people are working from home. A lot of people who are now working from home also have their kids at home. We haven't had to deal with this, uh, uh, us at Met, but some of the clients, even Brent himself, when we spoke uh, offline around that podcast episode, he's now dealing with having his kids at home, having to help with their school, um, all, all these things that you just wouldn't have in your normal routine where 15 hours a week of training is normally quite achievable because it's just you get you get to train, you, you, you do everything else as you normally would, you go into work, etc. Now everything being condensed within your, in your home and there's no real turning off and there's no switch off time or you can't get out necessarily and go to go to the pool and train or you can't get out of work at lunchtime and go to the pool um, for a break it's all crammed into one that's probably going to put a little bit of external um, stress on things which can also impact your fatigue overall so at the end of the day physical physical stress or training is one fatiguing factor the the psychological mental um, social stresses that we've got at the moment. If you're living on your own in isolation, that can be stressful. Financial stress, there's a lot of people who are sort of being put out of place in, in work and things like that. All of these factors are going to play a part. So I'd be mindful with maintaining how many hours a week you're training and I'd probably err on the side of dropping it a little bit. But we don't want to drop it so far that we're not training at all. So there is a balance. Um, I, 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 wouldn't be, I wouldn't be necessarily aggressively hacking it out. If we're looking at approximately 15 hours, you take out your swims. There's a couple of hours a week. You probably you're probably looking to maybe drop sort of four to five hours out of the week, um, which would probably be pretty consistent with just doing three bike and three three run sessions. For for most people, um, that's still a pretty solid training week. You're still getting some pretty good stimulus, but we're balancing everything else in and around that, so we don't we don't blow ourselves up because at the end of the day, we don't want to overcook ourselves. Now, there's plenty of time in the rest of the year. Uh, leading into some of those races and, and however long we have to wait. Um, this could be a really long game we have to play in regards to getting back and doing doing some racing and, and competing. So we'd much rather play that long game and then when we can get back into a, a more race-ready routine, if you like, then we're able to sort of maybe bump the training hours back up and we can just top up at the end as opposed to having to really play it. We play it aggressively now racing comes back in you've overcooked yourself you're a bit burnt out you have to take a bit of recovery time to to get back to normal do we get a bit of detraining as a result because that recovery time takes out of our program it starts to snowball you can see how it sort of unravels quite quickly so yes i'd be dropping the training uh, volume down a little bit but 
it's usually typically a byproduct of just not being able to swim and just manage everything else around it and think about those external factors as well as your training. And that's almost more important than the training at the moment is making sure that each of us, whether that be coaches, sports science, um, athletes themselves, anyone who's listening to this podcast, just making sure that we're all we're all looking after ourselves um, from a from a physical perspective, but then also from a mental perspective in this time is obviously going to be critical to coming out the other side um, and being successful in our, in our training and racing. Last question here uh, before we do wrap things up is a really interesting one, and I'm going to spend a bit of time on this. Is Scott asks, how long do you think someone would need to go from zero back to race swim fitness based on swimming three days per week once pools do reopen? Um, how long is not long enough? It's a good question because a lot of triathletes are going to face this unless you've got the luxury of having a, a pool in your backyard and you've been doing some bungee cord um, swimming or for anyone who watched Jan Frodeno uh, do his Ironman at home uh, over the Easter weekend where he had one of those like endless pool jets just hooked onto the side of his swimming pool and I don't know Lionel Sanders has one of those end of spas uh, in in his basement with his training setup unless you've got something like that where you can continue to swim or you've been braving it out in the cold and going out and doing some open water swimming somewhere um, and sneaking that in somehow it is going to be a bit difficult to get back to race swim fitness who knows how much time away from pools we might be might be having is there some some things that we can do to sort of minimize that yes yes and no so obviously the a big part of swimming is the technique aspect. So being in the water, having a good, what we call feel for the water. So it's just how comfortable you are within your own technique and, and being able to extend your arm forward, get into a really positive sort of um, ideal catch position, pulling the water back. Um, all the things around technique that we refine and work on and work on and work on to be as effective and efficient through the water as we can. That's probably the part that's going to take the most time to come back. As long as you're doing all the right things from a training perspective, maintaining your fitness on the bike and the run, the fitness aspect, your body physiologically is, is going to be already at a state where you're, you're going to want it to be. It's, it's probably going to be pretty close to, to sort of race fit or, or well and truly on the way. It's just that last top-up part that's mostly going to come from technique. Um, so I'd be thinking about what are some things that we can do to, to minimize a bit of that? I've seen a lot of guys jump on um, and use the resistance bands with paddles. I personally not a huge fan of them because I think they can start to ingrain some some negative aspects to our technique if you're doing the wrong thing with them. Um, if you're just jumping on them and just having a bit of a laugh with them and just pulling more different directions, it's not really going to set a good pattern in your mind. So from a motor learning perspective, I don't really like them. I'd probably more recommend things like work on your upper body strength. So things like pull-ups, chin-ups, um, any sort of pulling motion, so like a bench pull or a row to keep those lats working and the shoulders working. Obviously, maybe you do some bench pressing as well or some, um, some push-ups to just get the chest working as well. So we want to be as strong as we can through the front, side, middle, back, every part of our shoulders and, and our back and, and our upper body so that when we do get back in the pool, we can tolerate some of those upper body forces that are inevitable when, when we are swimming that we're just not going to get from the run and the bike. Um, that's probably a, a big thing from an injury preventative aspect. But like I said, the, the overall aerobic fitness, you should be able to maintain a lot of that from, uh, from the bike and run sessions that you, you're going to be doing. Once you get back in the pool, I'd be heavily focusing on technique. How long is not long enough? Really depends when racing comes back. I mean, ideal scenario is that you've still got a couple of months to prepare before your your next key event. But if for whatever reason they they decide, like I, I think at the moment, I mean, Cairns is still 
scheduled to go ahead. I haven't I haven't heard it being cancelled yet. I've seen a few few athletes still posting it. They're, they're planning as if they're going to go up and race. So in that circumstance where it could be a very quick decision that, yeah, it's on and we're, we're still going and you haven't had much time, unfortunately, we can't do much about it. If you've got at least a couple of weeks or a couple of, at minimum, couple of swim sessions just to get the feel for the water back, you're going to be reasonably okay. Obviously, your prep is compromised regardless, so you have to factor that in. You're not going to be swimming your PB times necessarily off only a couple of sessions or a couple of weeks swimming. I'd probably say a good good two to three months of consistent swimming, if you were swimming two to three times a week, would, would be enough to get that technique pretty close to, to where you were before and get your, get your times pretty close to, to sort of pre-isolation and pre, um, pre-not being able to swim periods. Have a look at something I'm going to going to recommend. Have a look at some of the stuff that Effortless Swimming is doing. Um, they're they're obviously really big in the swim technique space, and we've had Brenton on before, uh, and I've spoken to him a few times now, and, and he's uh, outstanding. So if you need any advice around swimming, um, go check out Effortless Swimming um, on on social, um, and, and get in contact with them if you do need any advice around what you can do because they've got got some good ideas. But like, like I said, I, I wouldn't be worrying about the fitness side of things. It's definitely a technique issue that that we need to address. So hopefully that answers all of your questions, Scott. Um, thanks for sending them through. And we really appreciate that quite a few questions have been coming through over the last little while. And obviously this is the type of period where I'm sure a lot of athletes and coaches listening to this podcast and everyone in general is is looking for some answers on some some interesting scenarios. And hopefully we can help provide some insights from from our end on, on maybe what's going to be a, a, a good option for you and answer some of the questions that have been coming through so keep them keep them flowing jump on board with the Mets uh, mastermind if you haven't already link is always in the description here Um, send it around to your friends as well Um, it's a great space to to jump in the Facebook group and ask you questions directly Um, sometimes we address them on there if they're they're a question that we can just quickly respond to but most of the time we're going to use it to jump on the podcast and talk about them so if you're interested check it out Um, happy to answer the questions as we said hopefully you enjoyed another episode and uh, we'll see you in the next one